Welcome to Chronic Risk, the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Stay tuned for expert advice and analysis on issues pertaining to risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's members and certified service partners. Chronic Risk, secured by the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, starts now. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Risk. This is a voice of the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. I'm your host, Tamala McBath. I'm Chief Execution Officer for the organization and just want to thank you guys for joining us. So Chronic Risk is a podcast that gives insights on risk and the cannabis industry from the NCRMA's partners, members, and affiliates. So today we're joined by someone who can really provide us some insight into how this global pandemic is impacting cannabis from a branding perspective. And so I think that's important so that we can hear it from different sides. Our guest is Megan Lynch. Megan is the CEO of Six Point Creative. It's a brand development agency with special focus on working with second stage companies. And I'm sure she'll explain that for us going forward. Six Point Creative represents several companies in the cannabis industry as well and comes to us with a wealth of knowledge and expertise. So welcome, Megan. So glad to have you with us today. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. We're happy to have you. So Megan, how have the last few weeks been for you? It has been crazy. Yeah, I think as for everybody, it's um, a big lesson in how to improvise and using all of our entrepreneurial skills to help clients and grow, you know, kind of figure out what we're doing with our company and just um, it's move fast and don't assume that last week is going to look like this week or next week. So. Exactly. It's pretty unpredictable these days, but I think it's um, definitely a time to, to sharpen your saw you know, to make sure we're doing what we can do. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, your observations on um, how this, uh, the coronavirus has impacted the cannabis industry from a branding standpoint. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting from a branding standpoint. I mean, when we say brand, we're not really thinking about design, logo, tagline. Right. Like those are, that's certainly a piece of a brand, but we're really thinking about an entire customer's relationship with a product or a service or a company. Mm -hmm. And so I think right now it's kind of an interesting time that both has some, um, some liabilities and some opportunities, but um, I think cannabis, like any industry right now is dealing with, you know, how do we get product to customers safely right. in a way right. that um, that is kind of meeting their needs. So um, having dispensaries who have been set, um, set as essential services, mm -hmm. how do they make sure that they can still get product to customers and, and meet those, um, you know, like, drop off, you know, curbside service and things like that. So putting together some of those operational things. Right. But it does relate to brand because those are ways that, you know, you it is a touch point with a customer when they're interacting with you in that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's an opportunity for companies to be thinking about how do we make that experience smooth, seamless, like how do we make sure that they're not going to go to a competitor down the street or right. um, that it's an opportunity to kind of connect with customers and really forge relationships. And then from like a product packaging standpoint, I think 
the coronavirus has really put health and safety front and center in everyone's mm -hmm. minds. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's also a, a huge opportunity for companies to be thinking about how they're packaging, how they're messaging safety, how they're taking extra precautions and making sure that they're thinking about what their customer cares about. Right. And so it 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 seems as if we've got some, you know, the top of mind priorities as far as health and safety is concerned. We go into this assuming that, you know, everybody has a plan and then finding out, I'm sure you're encountering clients that the plan wasn't as strong as they wanted it to be. So when you talk to us a little bit or explain a little bit for us, Megan, when we talk about um, your second stage companies and the type of companies that you generally work with. Sure. When when we're talking about second stage companies, we're really talking about companies that have some kind of established infrastructure. They're not startups. They might, you know, have 10 plus employees, you know, maybe 25, 50. Um, and they're really trying to figure out how do we grow and scale to uh -huh. the next stage of the company's growth. And so one of the just critical things that's going on with companies at that stage is that they are learning how to plan for the first time. And I think the situation that we're in right now, people are kind of wondering, like, how far do I plan out? <laughs> you know, when exactly. one week doesn't look like the next. Exactly. Plan in that environment. And so one of the things that we're just trying to help companies navigate is to keep the strategy, but kind of um, really tighten the focus of it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of, you know, be thinking a month ahead, three months ahead, and be weekly really examining what are we doing and how are we using resources? How do we tighten those resources? How do we really maximize what we already have? And then also, how do we pick our heads up just enough to look for the future to start to anticipate what our customers' needs and concerns will be a couple months down the road so that we can start to build some of the infrastructure ahead of time. So you can seem really nimble um, without wasting a lot of resources by trying to look 12 months ahead, which is just not right. a realistic timeline, right? Totally now. unrealistic right now, because it seems like the crisis from what I'm hearing and what I've heard you say before when we've talked about this is that it's forcing companies to move from those nice-to-haves you know, to the essentials and what, you know, the must-haves, what is it going to take for us to do business daily? So tell us, um, or just speak to a little bit to um, how a strong brand can make the difference in this environment. Sure. I mean, I think one of the things that I use to define and identify a strong brand is one that has a really emotional connection with its customer base. Mm -hmm. One that is able to know its customer well enough that it can just put themselves in their shoes and make decisions based on what their customer's expectations are and how they should fulfill or exceed those expectations. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that sounds easy to do, but is very difficult to do in practice because right. we're all running our businesses, right? You know, we're thinking about everything from our standpoint, what we want our customers to do. And it takes... Uh, a lot of discipline to really take a time out mm -hmm. and start to work that empathy muscle to say, it's not, you know, my headache might be, oh my gosh, how do I implement, you know, curbside pickup or whatever. Right. But from my customer's standpoint, this could be a huge opportunity, a break in their day where they are getting 
you know, taking a little bit of time for themselves, right. you know, looking after their own mental health. How do you make sure that that if that's their expectation for your brand, your product, your service at that moment, how do you make sure that you're taking a time out enough to be there for them for what they need and how wow. they're looking at how your brand fits into their lives? Um, and so we do a lot of exercises with clients to help them figure okay. out um, what, you know, kind of how to access their customer's headset. And so we, you know, we'll be helping them think about like, okay, you know, if you're really thinking about your core customer, let's name them. Let's talk about what that experience looks like from their standpoint. Let's talk mm -hmm. about, you know, pre-purchase, what are they thinking and feeling during a purchase? How are they thinking and feeling? And then, um, you know, post-purchase, how do you stay connected with them? What do they, what do they want and need from you? Excellent concept. And a lot of major companies are using that to tap into that, um, that empathy and that flow from a sales perspective beyond um, just your traditional, this is how we move product. So that empathy piece is definitely something I think we, uh, let's dig into that a little bit more as we look at um, what are some of the common mistakes that we see or that you see uh, companies making in times like this and how we can avoid them. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. So welcome back to the Chronic Risk, the podcast of the NCRMA, where we listen to industry insights from our partners, our members, and affiliates. Today, we have Megan Lynch, CEO of Six Point Creative with us, and we're chatting about how the coronavirus has had impact on branding and brand equity within the cannabis industry, and she's given us great tips on uh, how we can navigate these unknown waters and how companies can improve what they're doing. So, so Megan, tell us on this on that same line, uh, what common mistakes are you seeing companies make and, and how they can avoid those? Sure. I think one of the really common mistakes that, that companies make is to be thinking about their brand, their brand in general, and creating mm-hmm. a strong brand and a connection with customers as overall being a nice to have, um, oh. you know, but, and I think especially in a space like cannabis that has a lot of rapid growth, it has sales without a lot of traditional, you know, the need for marketing. Mm-hmm. I think that some companies can start to think about brand building as just something that like, well, I don't need that. You know, if, if I've got product moving off the shelves or, um, you know, I've got a strong customer base that I don't need to really be paying attention to brand, but, I think particularly for products that people have a strong connection to, it becomes an opportunity not just to kind of solidify the sales and the relationship that you have, but also to position the company for even bigger growth, for potential acquisition, for um, for more growth and scaling as more states open up and or international growth. Mm-hmm. If you can build a strong customer base, a strong loyalty, a very hyper consistent brand experience, you then have an opportunity not just to, you know, kind of be chasing sales, chasing dollars, but you have an opportunity to really be building in the equity of the company and the business Mm -hmm. itself and Mm -hmm. be thinking about it with a little bit of a bigger headset, uh, more of, you know, a true, you know, business owner headset versus somebody who's just kind of running the day to day. Right. So I, I think the um, danger is if they were sort of comfortable in the demand. Exactly. So now that the demand is higher, we're like, oh, sales are up. So we sort of, we've got this. But then that's really maybe just a byproduct and not something that we you see companies being able to scale going forward. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think also as more and more competition moves into the mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. you know, for a while that might be true, but that as big players get bigger and they start moving in, you need to make the decision about, no, I'm going to carve out a segment of this, this customer base that is truly loyal to me and my brand, or I'm going to prepare myself for acquisition. You know, there's some strategic right. decisions down the road that I think when business is strong, now is the time to pick our head up and be thinking about some of those. And I think that that's where some of the longer term planning and strategy comes in. You're not talking about kind of marketing strategy or brand strategy on a tactical basis. You're talking about it on, you know, a strategic business level basis. So no time to rest on our laurels at this point. Um, Time to move forward and make those tactical decisions. This is just pure speculation on my part. And um, I'd love to get your opinion on this. Do you feel that um, 
that the medical marijuana community is able to tap into that empathy um, at a at a uh, different rate than our uh, recreational um, companies are because I've, you know, for obvious reasons, I guess, of course, because their health is connected to it. But what are you saying in those spaces? I think for me, I, I almost think that the lines are very blurred right now. And mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know people who have been, you know, in, in states where they have an option of medical marijuana or recreational, right. you know, even doctors will say like, there's really not much necessarily product difference. So I mm-hmm. think people might be going to a recreational um, you know, store and making purchases for their mental health or for, you know, pain relief or things like that. Right. Um, and not, I, I think, again, it becomes what distinction does the consumer see? Mm-hmm. Not, not what distinction is the, what's the legal distinction okay. or what's the industry distinction. But I think that that's really where, you know, the empathy comes in about thinking about how is my customers seeing a difference between the two? Are they seeing a difference? Are they seeing a the difference? Two? And I think being being very trying to be very honest about that that situation because I think for for a lot of consumers it's a super stressful time right now. They're thinking, you know, they're looking for ways to relieve stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And can we all exactly? <laughs> and cannabis becomes you know a a solution for that. So whether you know you're purchasing it recreationally or recreational product product, it still has that kind of mental health, wellness, pain relief benefits um, that I think, you know, customers need to see everybody responding to and thinking about. And I think mm-hmm. it, it's it's just an opportunity all around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying too. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that. But um, I do think it's a little blurred. The lines are a little blurred right now just because of the environment that we're in and everybody's anxiety level at this point. So I'm going to pivot just a little bit, uh, Megan, while we have some time. Can you describe for our listeners the skill sets that you consider essential for for uh, building a strong brand? Sure. I mean, again, I think I'm going to just like pound the empathy drum one more time. That's you know, okay. I do, it's I do think that like emotional intelligence and empathetic response and being able to think from the point of view of your customer mm-hmm. is one of the critical um, skill sets for a strong brand. I think the other one is restraint, knowing when to say no, having some guardrails around your brand about we not so much what we will do, but what we won't do. So Megan, talk about that a little bit, that the guardrail concept, because you don't hear that often. No, I mean, I think for, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners, I feel like sometimes saying no becomes more important than saying yes Mm -hmm. and having some limits to your brand and being able to empower your team to have, you know, what I always refer to as freedom within a framework. They need to know what would be inappropriate for your brand even more than what they need to know would be appropriate because, right, like as soon as you cross a line that feels 
inappropriate or off brand right you can really start to do damage you can start to lose the trust of your customer base um it's you know it's much easier to be creative and come up with a lot of ideas it's a lot mm-hmm. harder to look to stand back and say okay which of these ideas are truly best suited with our strategy with our positioning right. to move us forward um so so yeah i think that that being able to say no is absolutely critical for brands it's like that temptation to be you know all things to all men Exactly. Yeah. We At all times. So, yeah. We, we hear that so often from our customers is, you know, who, you know, who's our customer base, everybody, you know, everybody who can afford us. And it's simply not true. You know, you, you mm-hmm. have your, your coffee, drink, you know, your, your Starbucks drinkers and your Dunkin' Donuts drinkers and your small independent coffee brand drinkers. And they do not cross lines, you know, the right. Dunkin Donuts people laugh at the Starbucks people. So I think it's, no matter what business you're in, you do need to be thinking from that standpoint of, you know, who are we and who are we not? Mm-hmm. And see actually kind of losing customers or customers not liking you as as being um, really reinforcing that you're doing your job and you're right. doing a good job. Right. Perfect explanation. We're going to take a quick break for a commercial and we will be right back. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk. 
only on CannabisRadio.com. All right. Welcome back to Chronic Risk, the podcast of the NCRMA, where we listen to our industry partners and affiliates about their opinions on the and their analysis on risk in the industry uh, within cannabis. So today we have Megan Lynch with us. She's the CEO of Six Point Creative. And we're talking about how brand equity is being affected during COVID-19. And um, she's given some great tips on how you can improve your business and what you need, skill sets that you need to be able to move forward in a pandemic world. So one of the things I wanted to ask uh, Megan is, uh, how do you feel that the this pandemic has heightened the need for companies like yours, like Six Point Creative and what you bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that for most companies, you know, our value really comes in at two critical junctures. One, when their team is sort of stressed out to the max and they don't have capacity mm-hmm. to step back and do the strategic thinking or they have a team of really great executors, but they don't have kind of the, the in-house strategic capacity. And we can really be that kind of safety valve of making sure that you don't lose a strategic headset or you are able to kind of impose a strategic framework over mm-hmm. a high a high functioning team. And so we kind of act as um, almost like a like a fractional CMO, okay. of, you know, a chief marketing officer for for these companies, where we can kind of come in and work with their team and really integrate into what they're doing, so that they don't miss a beat, but they still stay strategic. And then the other piece that I think you know, particularly right now, is valuable is when you are working so hard in your business, it's really difficult to step back and work it on is. your business. And for a lot of our clients, I think they just value an outside perspective that, you know, somebody from the outside can see things that you won't see, you know, and, and I even know that that's true with my business. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to people, you know, outside people and they'll be saying like, oh, you guys are doing, this is interesting. This is interesting. I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's just kind of business as usual for us. You don't kind of see the value sometimes when you're in the midst of it. And I think that that's particularly true for companies right now when they're just trying to, you know, get the work done, um, that it's a dangerous time to be doing business as usual. And so help companies step back and see where they need to pivot, where there's opportunity that they might be missing, where there's risk that they might be missing. Um, You know, I think that that's, you know, a really um, great opportunity for an outside advisor to come in and and help you see some of those things. Exactly, Megan. That's so important. We feel for our members, which is why we wanted someone with your background um, to speak to our membership and um, to the network because those needs are there. There are a lot of voices out there right now and people need um, proven expertise, I think, um, especially right now. And so as we close, let me ask you this. So branding and the coronavirus, opportunity or threat and why do you feel the way you feel? 
So I will never give a question like that a straight answer. I will say <laughs> both. I will say it is both an opportunity and a threat. I think um, there's always opportunities in downturns and, you know, that there's going to be some companies that will struggle to pivot, that will struggle to keep up. And that will be opportunity for stronger brands to come through. I think it's also a great opportunity for companies to kind of take a pause and make sure that they are aligned with what their customers are looking for and be working on some of that strategic infrastructure that they might not already have in mm -hmm. place. Um, and I think that the threat, you know, piece certainly comes from, you know, if you don't have that strategic infrastructure and you're right. just running at things, I think that um, it can really weaken a company overall. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, if you can't kind of operationally figure some of these things out, figure out how to connect with your customers right now, um, you know, it could be the opportunity to have your lunch eaten by somebody exactly. who is doing those things. Um, so I think, you know, any kind of upheaval, there's always the opportunity and threat depending on how you respond to the situation. And I think right now the companies that can improvise, that can be empathetic, that can collaborate, that can, you know, really figure out how to how to seize opportunity in this moment, um, they're going to come out strong and other people are going to be left in the dust. Awesome. Megan, as always, you bring it. And um, this has been excellent information for our listeners. Thank you so much for being with me today and for hanging out. Um, give you a little diversion from uh, us, a diversion from our normal day. And to all the listeners, uh, Thank you so much for joining in to Chronic Risk. We look forward to the next time. Thanks again. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.